start a podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back again for the second consecutive week, as promised the last four <laughs> podcasts, baby. We actually made it up. <laughs> we're now making it three weeks in a row. That might be an all-time record since about 2018. We're the Wednesday guys. Yeah. I told the guy at the dispensary today that I was going home to do a podcast. And he was like, oh, damn, you got a, you got your own podcast? And I was like, yeah, it's just me and my roommate. He's like, what do you guys do? I was like, ah, we just kind of do it for fun, just kind of talk shit. He's like, oh, man, that's so fun. I always wanted to start a podcast. And I was like, yeah, we just did. Like, <laughs> we literally just, like, one day started recording what we talk about. <laughs> We're at six years coming up on seven next year. I know. I, uh, I meant to bring my pen. I got my right to the 17, probably, when I realized that I didn't have it. Yep. And it's like, when have we got a lot of days, it would be really handy to have, so I got nothing <coughs> but. I had one truly lemonade. What about that? Little there you go. <coughs> I was thinking about it today on my way home from work. Uh, you know how the belligerent beeves always do like the, oh, what are you drinking tonight? For us, for me... I mean, tonight I'm drinking Budweiser, but for me, it would pretty much just always be like Budweiser or Coors Light. Coors Light. <laughs> it's like, literally, what are you drinking? Budweiser or Coors Light? Take your pick. I know, and they're always going like, oh, I got this, like, uh, fancy IPA from Minnesota, or they find an IPA that has to do with, like, the game that week. Yeah. But, like, here's the thing. I like an IPA as much as the next guy. You know that. But I also like having 12 beers. And you can't, you can't have 12 IPAs without feeling like absolute fucking death the next day. I've made that mistake more than once. I had a couple IPAs last night when I was in Boise because you can buy IPAs in Boise. Right. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, because like, yeah, they're always drinking IPAs, but they only seem to drink one or two. Like, they never seem to crush them. Well, and I mean, like, yeah, during a podcast, I would be fine with one or two. So that makes sense. But, like... After the podcast, I don't want more IPAs because I'm going to have fucking six to eight more beers. Especially <laughs> if we're doing this on Wednesdays now because that means tomorrow's <coughs> Thursday and that means there's work tomorrow. Bro, like last night I had three Coors Lights left in the fridge and I was like, that should be plenty. I was home by myself. So I drank the yep. three Coors Lights and then I drank a Gatorade. I talked to you on the phone, and then I talked to my parents. I got the phone with my parents, like, I could use some more beers. So I went to the market, and I got 12 more Budweiser, and I drank six of them. <laughs> Just by myself. Actually, Just by myself at the house watching the Mariners. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of what I did last night. I, uh, I went to the store. I bought two tall boys of just, like, White Claws. Went back, drank them. Then talked on the phone to you, went right back to that same store, got two more, and I was like, hey, it's me again. <laughs> and then I got dinner, and then Devin called me, and then I went back a third time. <laughs> me and Fub did that one time at the lofts. We just kept walking to the corner store to get tall boy twisted tees. Nice. But we'd only get one out of a time, so at least we'd have to walk back and get our steps in. But yeah, That's we not went. A bad idea. We went back like three times, just well, getting one twisted tee at a time. 
Yeah, we're getting back into walking weather again, though. That's true. That That is exciting because, like, when I've been out here <laughs> in uh, Beaver and Salt Lake and Boise, it's fantastic. You don't even have to, th- yeah. you don't have to think about down. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. But, yeah, it's been uh, – it's been a minute. You and Harrison have both just abandoned me for a week. How when does he get back? <clears throat> I thought he got back today, but he sent me some Snapchats of some Amish people today. I don't know if he was. I going, got that too. I don't know if he was going to the airport or what. I thought he got back today, but I'm not positive on that. He hasn't hit me up. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, he's been on the road a while. He's probably probably a little burnt. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, uh, I think let's just get into it. Let's talk about the beeves. Dude, I just, that was, I can't remember, I might have been when I talked to you, um, but that was one of the lowest emotionally moments I've been in a while. Like, as a Beaver fan, obviously, but just like in general, I was just so, I I wouldn't even say that I was confident that we were going to win, but I thought we were going to fucking show up. Better than we did, especially the, in the first half. Bro, the first half, I mean, the second play of the game, they got a fucking long touchdown, and Jonathan Smith says they blow the, blew the coverage. It's like, okay, you blow the coverage, you give up an early touchdown. But they didn't respond to that. They came out on their drive, ran yeah. the ball decent, third and two, they run a, <clears throat> like, not an option, but a, a pitch. Damian fumbles the pitch, loses six yards, and now it's fourth and eight. I think we uh-huh. went for it. Obviously didn't get it, or we punt. Even if we punt, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Washington State came right back on their second drive and made it fourteen nothing. And then from that point, it's like, well, we want to commit to the run, but we're down fourteen. Our defense isn't stopping them. We're not putting long, sustained drives together, so our defense is coming right back on the field. We finally started forcing some turnovers, but other than turnovers, I don't think until unless maybe late in the game, I don't think we forced a punt at all. We forced one, but they faked it for. 20 yards yeah um i only got to see up to the point where damien fumbled that pitch and then the rest i was only getting to watch it periodically at the wedding yeah did you actually watch it or were you just watching the espn like ticker thing i was watching the ticker thing up until about the last five minutes i mean kudos to the guys for competing until the end and getting it you know within three yeah, that was that was a rough game to watch, dude. And like, we were running the ball for six and a half yards a carry. Like our run yeah. game was not the issue. Our Deshaun issue. Deshaun had that good run. Dude, uh, I was listening to the radio and they were saying that last year Deshaun Fenwick's best game was also against Washington State. Oh really? So like, yeah, something about him against Washington State, he just fucking dominates them. But yeah. It's the same thing, dude. Like I told, I texted my family, and I was like, "Will all three of you bring a sign to the game that just says run the damn ball?'" Run the ball, yeah. Like I'm telling you, Tony always like. I mean, shout out to Tony. No, I'm not. I don't mean to offend him at all, but he's always like, "Well, the routes are they're only taking deep shots or short stuff." It's like I don't even fucking care about the routes. Until we are not averaging six and a half yards a carry, run the damn ball. You're not telling me that this team is running the ball four times in a row and not getting 10 total yards. 
Yeah. You're not telling and me that. You keep running that, and then you run one quick play action. Exactly. And you finally have a, some lanes open. And run, and they were trying to run outside a lot. It's like when you just run at people, our line makes holes. Damien yeah. makes one guy miss, and he's off to the races. Like, that's how we break our long runs is they're up yeah. the middle, and we get past the one guy that we have to get past, the one unblocked guy, and then we're gone. Well, like, um, Damian Martinez play just reminds me a lot of Steven Jackson. Yeah. And he, Steven Jackson wasn't a dancey throw it to the outside guy. He was go up the middle and make something happen. <coughs> One cut and go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I don't North know why we run that. Deshaun's uh, physical. And um, I think as a two-back, as opposed to RB1, I think that he's – he makes more plays agreed because he's trying to earn his spot as number one back because he obviously lost it well and also one last year and also you know like there's probably something to like okay the backup running backs in we know he gets a lot of touches we know he's good but if they're gonna throw it they'll probably throw it with the backup in and then he just yeah. gets those extra two yards because maybe the linebackers take a step back first or whatever yeah he's not i feel like he gets tackled fairly easy like, I, do too. I, I don't feel like he makes a lot of people miss or, like, you know, he just kind of gets hit and kind of goes down. But it's like just run the ball until they literally show you that they're going to be able to stop you every time. You don't even throw a – I don't want you to throw a pass. Look at the second half of the Duck game. They finally were just like, you know what, fuck it. We're not throwing the ball. And we ran it for 19 straight times. Now, we had some help with some short fields and stuff. But also, we had a 20-yard touchdown run and, like, a 45-yard run. Most of our yeah. big plays come from the run. Yeah. Weirdly yeah, enough. Open and get going. Like, and we've got playmakers um, on our receiving core. Yeah. But, like, while the run's working, the run is the least risky proposition, and, especially with three good running backs. <coughs> and run a fly sweep. Run it end around. Run it with DJ. Run a read option yeah. where he takes it around the end. Get but, Silas or Gould in there running around the end. Yeah. Yeah, but run the damn ball. Yeah. Until they, like like Stanford used to do when they would beat Oregon. When Stanford would always upset Oregon when they had, like, Toby Gearhart and Andrew Luck and uh, Bryce Love and Christian McCaffrey, they just would run the ball until you could stop them, and Oregon could never stop them. So they would yeah. just keep running literally the same play. Yeah. And they would get first downs. And that's got to be just humiliating and heartbreaking for a defense. When they can't stop your run. No, that breaks the defense more than a big pass. Because if you can't stop the run, it's going to be a long day of getting hit in the mouth. Especially because, yeah, DJ could also fake it and then tuck it himself and run right behind the running back. Yeah, or, and if you cheat like, up, he can hit those deep passes. Yeah. I think another. Um, yeah. I think another part of the reason we don't run a lot of intermediate routes from what I've seen is DJ seems like kind of one of those quarterbacks where he doesn't finesse the ball. He doesn't really put touch on it. He can fucking throw it deep. Screen passes are even kind of tough for him. Like, he throws a lot towards the ground. <coughs> when he just has to, like, make a quick, easy throw, it seems like it's hard for him. But yeah. then there's, like, that game, the San Jose State highlight, where he just stands in the pocket all day and then throws a 40-yard laser it's like, yeah. yeah, he's got the arm strength, but can he just can does he have the touch? Can he dial it back and just make a completion and lead the receiver where they can catch and run with it? Make a play after yeah. the catch. 
Yeah, like he's got good vision. You watch his head bob as he's going through his reads and all that. But for some reason, sometimes, especially on yeah shorter yardage stuff or anything like swing to the outside, it's weird. He just loses his accuracy. Yeah. And the last two games, when he is faced with a pass rush, whether it's Washington State getting, they had pretty good pass rush with just four. But when they blitzed, or when San Diego State blitzed, he does not know what to do. He cannot handle yeah. a blitz. And he's not mobile enough like to really outrun it. He's more of kind of like a sneaky, big, fast-hearted tackle guy. Yeah. Um, not maybe like He needs to get moving because he's not going to be. Yeah. He's, he's not, not fast twitch. Ad- agile. Yeah. He's yeah. more just he can run, but he's not agile. He's not, yeah, he's not twitchy and agile and shifty. He's just straight yeah. ahead speed, probably pretty good, but he's not getting out of tricky. He's not like Kyler Murray. Yeah. So he just free and like he throws off his back foot and he doesn't step into it and he doesn't I feel like he takes his eyes off the downfield and watches the rush and then just throws it and it's like it's it's starting to be concerning for sure. It is. Um now I didn't get to watch much of the second half, but I mean they obviously made somewhat of a comeback. Yeah, I mean the game is not the game was not as close as the final score indicates. Washington okay. Washington beat us from start to finish. Yeah. Uh they almost cooked it at the end and touched that onside we almost got that onside kick. But yeah. they I mean they pretty much told us what's up the whole game. Their offense Cam and dude, I think if we play that game ten times, he they don't he um, Kelly for Washington State made so many just literally top ten incredible one-handed catches, just oh, really? like like insane. You would ne- you wouldn't even understand how the ball got to him and how he possibly could have caught it. Incredible yeah. one-handed catches in with defenders in his face. So like they made some incredible plays that helped him, but they just dude our defense could not handle it. And I we, mean, if they made incredible catches, though, that sort of speaks decent, decent of our secondary, and that like our guys were there, but they just pulled off. Sometimes, some sometimes, yeah. there was a lot Obviously of time. Not the second play of the game. Yeah, well, this yeah, they, they said that that was a mental breakdown. The players were not in their position, which I hope is true because that guy was wide open. But they yeah. were just kind of slow, and like they they did the fucking classic Washington State where they just throw like. Three receivers on one side, throw one guy the ball, block, and get five or seven yards, and sometimes 12 and sometimes 20. We have trouble against those plays. Like yeah. Like, a single playmaker over there, like Jaden Grant moving in on that, who's got a little better vision than maybe some of the and, newer guys. And maybe it's a little bit of confidence to take more of a risk. Yeah. And, you know. And also, last year, I think those guys just had so much help around them because we also had uh, – Rajon Wright. Rajon Wright and Alex Austin. And Alex Austin. Like, Oladapo is, was good on that team, but when he's yeah. supposed to be your best guy, it shows it shows up a lot more. Well, it sounds like Mascarena's had a decent day. Is that right? Yeah. And we forced some fumbles. We got some turnovers. But they, right, that's good. they moved the ball at will. I don't – I think oh, DJ might have had one interception. I think DJ had one interception, yeah. Yeah. But. But, I mean, so here's the problem is we can pretty much afford one loss. 
Yeah. And now we've already spent it. And granted, <coughs> we're playing against a team that is A, Look, good. When B, we did our preseason rankings, mm-hmm. we were more confident in almost every game other than that Washington State game. Because yeah. we knew that's our first real game. It's on the road. And in it's Pullman. A, and it's in Pullman, a team that historically just has your well has your number and no one plays well in Pullman. No yeah. one plays well in Pullman. Except Washington. Yeah. They don't but like that was so like that was the two teams that I was most concerned about in our preseason predictions was both Washington teams. Yeah. Like Washington at home, like when we're playing them at our home, like that one's nerve wracking just because of how like, good they are. We've always had an interesting back and forth. Yeah. And they're really good. And they have Michael Especially Penix. Especially quarterback wise, yeah. because our secondary is still kind of untested with anybody good. Yeah. First test, they kind of blew. Yeah. And so the two Washington teams are my biggest concerns. And, you know, lo and behold, uh, we lost in Pullman. And just like every single time we've played there since 2013. Yeah, I know, dude. Like the Cougs. The Beavs and the Cougs are fuck are meant to be fucking tied at the hip, dude. There's just it's such a great rivalry. I'm sure you could go back and find years where we beat them 12, 10 times in a row or whatever. We've never, we've never really been good at the same time, but our trajectory and our kind of status is tied together at the hip. Like we One both for- are overshadowed by overrated brands where yeah. the the talent doesn't match the hype or the brand no and like <coughs> a lot of people have said it on twitter but like oregon state and washington state are the two teams like in the nation that make happen with less make more happen with less than pretty yeah. much anybody else and that's part of the problem is you know they've got the same mentality we do like the beefs fans like we're right there and the Beaver team, like, they've all got the mentality, but we're just the same as Washington State. Yeah. And they do it, too. And sometimes we come out on top. Sometimes they do. And if the fact that this was the first time that we've ever met while we're both ranked is sort of crazy to me. Yeah, but it kind of it kind of illustrates what I just said. Like, if you go back, there's probably eight to ten year stretches where we beat them when we were. Because yeah. in the two, early 2000s, mid-2000s, we were ranked. Quite yeah. often. And it's not to say that they didn't win some of those games because some of those games were probably in fucking Pullman. And that's a hard that's a hard place to play, especially when... Because, I mean, like, they get talent there. They had Drew Bledsoe there. They had yeah. Gardner Minshew and Mike Leach there. Like, they go through... If they hire a bad coach, it's just like Oregon State when we hire a bad coach. Yeah. We don't have the money that Oregon and Washington have to just buy their way out of it, get a new guy in, pay the buyouts. Like, if Gary Anderson didn't leave... And leave all the money on the table, we, mm-hmm. we would have had to hold on to him because we could, we wouldn't be able to afford, especially with the state of the program, we weren't going to be yeah. making any money. We couldn't afford to do anything. We would have just been stuck with him. But he resigned and left the money. So yeah, the so only the only the only good thing he did, other than the Null <laughs> Civil War, which I yeah. attribute hundred percent to Ryan Null. That's why it's called yeah. the Null Civil War. But. Well, and the thing is about um, the thing about Pullman is. Oh, did you most, hear that? 
Ryan Nall just, just scored again. <laughs> Let's go. All aboard. All aboard. But uh, the thing about Pullman is, you know, a lot, you know, some of those like California and Arizona games, like we take, we take a plane to get there. Yeah. But I think Wazoo is probably like our farthest game that we take a bus. Probably. And it's probably a different vibe when you like, that's a long drive up to Pullman. Like that's a long time for, and I think um, that's one of the reasons why we have such trouble up there. It's because that's a long bus ride. Yeah, but... Just kind of, you know, thinking about it. Yeah, but at the same time, bus rides with the boys are the best. I mean, Especially because it's not going to be game day. It's going to be probably Friday. So you're probably leaving early, getting there in the afternoon. It's probably not that. It's Because Andy and my dad, I think, left at 8 and got there at 2. I mean, I agree with that. But at the same time, when you get on a jet... You just get on a jet, and all of a sudden you're in a new place. Yeah. A bus ride. Is, you're staring you're out the, the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the horizon's coming at you, and you're just continually sort of anticipating where it's going. And all of a sudden you get to the great white north of the Palouse, and I I think that there's something mentally that happens there, and that's one of the reasons why it's hard to play up there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Coleman is like Corvallis, dude. That's what is there. It's the college. Yeah. It's, you don't, there's no, there's no other real reason to go to Corvallis and there's no other real reason to go to Pullman except for the schools. Like Corvallis is one of the smallest, it might be the smallest populated city to have a division one football program. Corvallis or Pullman? Corvallis. I think Pullman's a little bit bigger. Oh, really? Well, I think so, just because it is, like, the only major city in western Washington or wherever the... Southwest Washington, wherever the fuck it is. But is it Southwest Washington? I, dude, I I know it's... Or, no, east. It's very east. It's right on the border of Idaho, not west. East. Okay, I always thought it was more northern, but I've, I've never been there, so I have no idea. Well, it, it also might be northeast. I might have said southwest, but I meant... It might be northeast... But it's, like, on the border of Idaho, and I think it's right next. I think it's, like, really close to the University of Idaho. I think they're, like, ten minutes away. Well, I mean, yeah, so if Seattle is four hours from us, four and a half hours, and your brother said that it took, like, seven hours for them to get to Pullman. Yeah. And you get to Seattle, and then you still got to drive three more hours? Like yeah, that's Whatever tough. direction it is, it's a long ways, and so. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. But, uh. So I, I get it, and I'm obviously very disappointed, but technically we call that as being sort of one of the two games that we could have trouble with. So, yeah. you know, it sucks to be right, uh, and it sucks to be 0-1 in Pac-12 play and having that loss just be on our record from day one. And we're not going into U.S. or we're not going into Utah with a win against uh, Wazoo under our belt. But it's interesting When's the last time the Beavs could have afforded a loss to anybody and still keep their ranking? That's I mean that's true. That's, Every time we would lose if we got anywhere, we'd be we lucky to get back. Out. Yeah, we'd be lucky to get back in. Yeah. Um, so that's true. We went down to 19 from what? Which, 14? Yeah, which I think is fair. Washington State was 19. We barely lost on the road and that they were a they're a top fifteen team now, so I think nineteen is appropriate. And now we got a top. Now we got a top ten Utah team at home. 
which is a game I think is very winnable. On Friday. is I do, too. Their offense has not looked good. We have to move the ball against that defense, but their offense has not looked good. Yeah. But I think we could do that. We've got a good enough offense to do that. I agree. If they can click, unlike last week. But, um, but also, school started today, I think. Yeah. First so, day like, of school. That crowd is going to be hot on Friday. Yeah. And Cam Rising may not be back, but even if he is, it'll be his first time even on a field, like playing in a real game. Yeah, in since months the and months and months since the Rose Bowl. Yeah, so like it'll be his first back, snaps. Like, yeah, any everybody's got to shake the, up the dust. fucking problem with <laughs> the fucking problem with Cam Rising if he plays is he has an act of fucking pull shit out of his ass. He does, and he's got Oregon State's number. Do you remember last year when he was just, like, talking a bunch of shit to us on the field? Well, that, easy to do when your defense spots you 14 points out the gate. But. Yeah, well, that's true. But, dude, that's the thing is, can DJ, our quarter, oh, Austin, other than I think we have a significant more amount, amount of touchdowns, our quarterback numbers through the first four games last year are shockingly similar. Really? Completion percentage, yards, yards per attempt. I think DJ has more touchdowns, but he also played three nobodies, although he only played the first half of one of those games. When Who did we play last year first game of Pac-12 play? USC. Okay, so, and then we played Utah week five again. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like all that symmetry. Yeah, but that was at Utah and USC. God, dude, we should have beat USC, even with the four interceptions. Granted, we should never have four interceptions. But even even with that, if we just could have tackled Caleb Williams on that fourth down. I know. And he got that push from his lineman, and that was it. Oh, that, that was one of the hardest games that I've ever watched. Like, that was one of the games that I've been – there were so many, like – there was a lot of ups in that game and, like, freaking out because, like, we – they're that, false starts. And, that game was hard because we were winning the whole game. So we allowed ourselves to go there, yeah. and then they stole it from us at the end. And did you see the uh, interview with John, Jonathan Smith on Monday? Yeah. About how it was all just we beat ourselves and all the missed cues and bad reads and sort of just fumbling randomly. And like we beat ourselves when we could have made the game a completely different game, especially after like the pitch to Martinez. Martinez. Like it was the third and two. I know, just we, didn't need to do, we don't need to do a pitch play. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Why are they getting cute with it and trying to run it outside? Our we we have what some people think is the best offensive line in the country, and it's at least top three, top five. Yeah. Run the ball at you have Damian Martinez, the freshman of Pac-12 freshman of the year, because. He just run, run it at him. Just run it. Yeah. Just run or, the damn ball. Or fake it to Martinez through like the two hole, and then have DJ go the other way through the five hole. That yeah. will also get you those two yards. Just fall forward. Yeah. Just run the stupid Eagles play. Yeah. They run with Jalen. Just do not 
pitch the ball five yards sideways when you just need to get two yards forwards. What shocks me is, like, throughout your average game in terms of play calling, especially, fine. especially on third and two where even if you don't get it, you get one yard, then now you have fourth and one, not fourth and eight potentially. Yeah. A pitch to the outside, you're already going backwards to get that pitch. Like, yeah. start where the ball is and have Martinez run up to it. Yeah, like, go – yeah, forward. I just – what I was going to say was I'm down with the play calling most of the time, but I, I just don't know why on these third and shorts they always do something that baffles me. I know. When the when the answer seems super clear and pretty easy, <laughs> the answer, pretty free. The answer to every single question you have when you look down on that play sheet is: Is this a run play? Yes, call it. No, yeah. don't call it. That's all. Just yeah, run the ball. Run Just run the ball until they tell you that you can't. I know, like. Yeah, use it, and if they start to, like, see that later in the game, fine. And they, like, start stacking the box or something, fine. But, like, run it. Yeah, it but that's, work. But that's the thing. Last year, our quarterback sucked. Teams stacked the box on us, and we still ran it. Damian Martinez had, like, seven consecutive 100-yard games. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they stack. Yards this game? Yeah. Uh, huh? I'm pretty sure. He had a couple big ones, so I'm sure he did. Um, I just want to see that streak keep going. Yeah. Dude, but, well, actually, Fenwick had two long touch. Fenwick might have been the leading rusher. Fenwick had some big plays that yeah. I, was, I went, all right, this kid could play. Like, because I've always, like, I like Fenwick. I think he's better in short yardage stuff. Dude. He, but if you have him as your RB1, he's not going to get you more than about four yards. Not really. Most plays. Yeah. But he can usually get four yards. Damian Martinez is the six and a half yard and big play guy. Yeah. But again, Deshaun Fenwick, especially in like the Oregon game last year. Huge. He, he made some big plays and he's the one who put that game to bed. Yeah, he's He's down. a gamer, dude. Like when he gets his turn, he he took both of those touchdown runs, I'm pretty sure, like right up the middle. Either in yeah. like the two or four gap, just and uh, pretty much untouched. Just like Yeah. Like the plays that you see our offense make when they just run the ball i can't imagine they're setting up those plays to run it right up the middle i feel like that's just your standard play call i know and like dj looked great game one game two game three two interceptions game four one interception no touchdowns dude until it's like i get that we want to get his hands on the ball so he can stay you know at least within his own rhythm well, here's one of the things that Jonathan Smith said is, like, our style of offense, because we run it, you know, pretty often, not as much as we should, but it also disallows DJ to find his passing rhythm. Yeah. And I get that because that, that's a legitimate thing. Like, when you're only passing every three or four plays, it's, you're not in a rhythm. Yeah. If you're passing every one or two plays, you can sort of start to feel – the, the rhythm of the game. Yeah. And so there is something to that. But I think but I think if it's not working, run the ball cuz that always works. Don't you think you could also kind of get him feeling the rhythm of the game by getting some designed runs for him to get involved? And yes. like like a nice 10-yard rush, he takes a nice shot but it gets up fucking pumped up like you're playing football again. Just handing the ball off gives you no adrenaline. Rush. Yeah. 
which is sort of part of dialing yourself in. That's adrenaline's like a focusing agent. And when he doesn't have a bunch of those because he's just dropping back and handing it off, and then all of a sudden we call him on a, for a pass play, he needs to be a little bit more involved in that, even if it is, yeah, a run on a design run for him. Well, and then especially if you're asking him to throw a fucking deep shot, like to a guy who's in decent coverage and he's not in yeah. rhythm, he's not feeling, he's like, I don't know how this cover, I don't know how fast these guys are, I don't know what the wind's doing. Like, and also, like, we're going to get into some, we're going to have some sloppy games. I yeah. hope, I hope that Washington game, I hope it pours. I hope yeah. it rains so hard. Not that they don't play in the rain, but the, it's, they're a passing offense. Yeah. And that's harder in the rain. Like It is harder in the rain. Like, I mean, it would be great if most of the games it was raining. Agreed. I, anything that forces us to run the ball, Austin, I'm in, I hope they announce tomorrow that you are not allowed to pass. Yeah. If you're averaging six yards a carry, you're not allowed to pass. So you have to drop that average below six before you can pass. Six yards a carry on average is an insane. Six like and that, a half. Not even mostly. six. Basically seven. Yeah. You round up more than five. Six point five. Like eight average for quite a while. Yeah. It seems so simple. The 49ers have figured it out. Yeah. You get playmakers. They've done a lot with, like, I mean, Brock Purdy, say what you want, but, like, they just, their running game has been their bread and butter. Raheem Mostert, bro, Christian McCaffrey. Their like, running game and then just, like, the screen passes. Just get your yeah. athletic guys the ball as quickly as possible. I do. I would like to see, like, some single coverage on one of our outside guys and just throwing fly balls to Silas or Gould who could just sort of outrun everybody and DJ's got the arm to throw it. it. Yeah, but here's the thing, dude. This is what I'm telling you. Teams have figured out if they blitz us, we can't complete those passes. I don't yeah. I, I don't know if DJ really is getting – maybe he hasn't had a lot of time, and maybe when he does get more time, he completes more than I'm giving him credit for. But it really seems like when he gets blitzes, blitzed, he just freezes. He freaks out. Yeah, he just can't process it. He panics and he doesn't make accurate throws, or he throws it away, or he gets, or he takes a sack. He took a sack on fourth and eight. Well, that and that's what leads to it was. Question. But again, the the pressure was there on that one. Like he didn't yeah. have a long time to throw. But it's like, bro, you can't get sacked on fourth and eight. Throw a long, deep interception like a punt, something. Yeah, but that's what leads to another question, which I think Tony brought up in the group chat. You and I bring it up all the time. Why are we not using our tight ends more? Why are we not using our – every year we're going to focus on the tight ends. We have dynamic tight ends. We think they can really help us in the passing and the running game. And they and don't – bench on that. And they don't touch the ball. No. And, like, they'll get a couple, sure. But, like, we could rely on them a lot more heavily because they're big-bodied dudes with great hands. And that is a perfect blitz beater. If you line up in the I formation with two tight ends, you run a little play action and just leak your tight end the other way and just dump it off to him for five yards. It's going to slow yeah. down that blitz because yeah. one of those is going to break. Yeah. I just... <sighs> they, they seem like obvious solutions, and I have no idea what it's like to be a coach and all the weird... Like, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like, um, at least, you know, the play callers, Brian Lindgren, not necessarily Jonathan Smith, but like the offensive coordinators and stuff, it almost seems like they're too deep 
like they're too deep into the trees that like they're thinking about all this sort of extemporaneous stuff when it's like those of us who don't know nearly enough about what's going on but we can still see the bigger picture and just go tight ends and running tight ends and running yeah yeah i i know i know it we literally had proof of concept last year against the ducks just <laughs> run the ball please i'm begging you the craziest comebacks of all time and it was all runs that's not how comebacks work the, comebacks work through the air i just figured it out hit me with it we need to keep all of our talent we need to fire our offensive coordinator, and we need to get whoever has been the offensive coordinator for Nebraska for the last 50 years. And we need yeah. that guy because that guy will run the fucking ball. That guy knows a physical. That guy knows physical football. Yes, run the ball, please. I'm, beg I'm begging you. Yeah. No, it's so. Yeah, no, that's frustrating. And so I guess the question is, so the nice thing is I'm going to be back in Arizona tomorrow. And then one day and then the next day we get a Friday night game. I know. I've got nothing scheduled. Like, we're going to buckle down. We're going to watch the shit out of that game. And I think when you and I watch, we'll do our halftime shots for good luck. Obviously. When you and I I really, other than the USC game, but when you and I buckle down and watch Good Things Be Bad on the Beach, Dude, that was a, that was another weird thing about this game. It was much like the Washington game. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no camaraderie. Where's the camaraderie? Why is there no camaraderie? And Andy and my dad got to stop going to games. It's on the road. They, they, they can't go to any more road games. I'm, I'm banning them. I think you should because what they're doing is irresponsible, frankly. They're coming to the Arizona game. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of us. That's going to be different. Strength in numbers. They went to the Arizona State game last year. It's strength in numbers. Strength in numbers, you know. Yeah. You get a lot of beavers together, and you can, it's like we were talking about with the boys the other day. It's mm-hmm. like there can be 20 of you, but if there's seven of us, we're, host, we're hosting the party. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, what is that, October 28th? Yeah, it's actually the yeah. exact date. Jake so, Owen, October 26th, though, if you want to get hooting and hollering. I know, and I want to, because I swear by Jake Owen, I'd love to see him live. I know most of his hits, but uh, I'm booked that night. Yeah, it's going to really determine on uh, ticket cost for me. I'm not I'm not itching to see Jake Owen, you know. I like Jake I, Owen. I love Jake Owen. Know, I look at it the same way as, like, a Justin Moore concert. Like, Whoa. The Justin Moore ticket is 50 uh, bucks or less no. from there. I would. If it's more than that, we've had this conversation, and I got on my notes that I want to talk about hot music takes later. But um, I would pay eight times for a Justin Moore ticket than a Jake Owen ticket. I love Justin Moore. Justin Moore is my country music spirit animal. I mean, I love Justin Moore. <laughs> he too. fucking parties. But like, and he's seen him. yeah, but he he's good. Vocally, he that. and we were a little distracted because we were constantly trying to sneak each other into the concert. Well, once I got in, though, three strikes That's you get true. three strikes in baseball. That's when he debuted Home Sweet Home, exactly. He's got some pipes, dude. He's good. All right, well, let's get into some hot music takes because for the 
<laughs> this is basically we should just do a beaver podcast like we should just do two podcasts yeah because we could talk for, about the beavers for two hours every single time <laughs> i know but uh we've got some arizona fans that uh don't care they, well it's not that they don't care they care enough because we have made them uh, care yeah year will yeah. but uh also it's like when joe rogan talks about the ufc like I'm, you know, there's some probably some interesting stuff in there, and I like the UFC. And I'm pumped that he likes yeah. it, but yeah, it's like no. <laughs> so, all right, what's your what's your hot music takes? Well, I really only have one, but I just, I know, I know that you are well aware of my opinion on this, but I just have to let everybody know somewhere, and this is my only platform to let six people know that yeah. I hate Zach Bryan. I, I, I hate him. I can't understand why people think he's good. I can understand why people think he's good, but I don't understand why people think that he's some sort of legend. I, oh, he, I hope he, I hope his five minutes burns out so fast. Here's the thing is he's the male Taylor Swift and everybody's latched onto that. Bro, I get it. You're sad. You're struggling with God, and there's a girl that you're in love with. Write a different song. Write a different song. Write a different song. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. You know, just from a musician's perspective, all of his chord changes are the same. As he was on Joe Rogan, and he was talking about all the melodies that he like spends hours. He's on. Jackson jukebox, dude. It's like seventy-five percent of them are the same melody. Yeah, he's Jackson Jukebox. Like, wanna be deep, wanna be deep, just fucking tarred. And, like, I like him more than you like him, but I still, like, there are people accused. What is good about something in Orange? What is good about that song? It's a fine song. What is good about it? What makes it stand out other than anything? People seem to really think that the line. To you, I'm just a man. To me, you're all that I am. Where the hell am I supposed to go? Apparently, people really like connected to that line, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And like some people will accuse any musician who isn't like a huge fan of somebody who's like blowing up crazy big. They'll accuse them of jealousy, which is a fair critique most of the time. Some with Zach Bryan, it's it's not even that because there are a bunch of artists. That I would, I would love to see Sturgill go that big. I yeah. would love to see. There's a bunch of artists that like. I totally respect their craft and their creativity, and if I see them blow up, I'm not jealous. I'm stoked because it's like finally people are listening to music that like really, is, I think is moving and different and weird. And but Zach Bryan is again. He's you know he's got some good songs. Um, a lot of them sound the same, but like. I gotta be honest he with you. Being the one who is like breaking the mold, it's like, uh, bro. You no, know, he just he writes emo country. He does. He's just a little sad boy, dude. He's just a little sad guy. That's why I'm working on a song right now. Like, sad boy. could you imagine if any of those people heard Jeremy Graham, Jim, Jeremy Graham sing a song? Yeah, like I'm kidding. That's so much better. That is a thousand times better than anything oh, Zach Bryan is putting out. A pound of rust beats the shit out of any Zach Bryan any song. Any Zach Bryan song. Razor Wire Sunrise beats the fuck out of any Zach Bryan song. Yeah. I'm, oh, God, I cannot 
express how much I fucking dislike. Even at the concert that Fluff got us tickets to, Fluff was like, not not taking any shots of Fluff. This is just what happened at the concert. He turned to me and he goes, at concerts like this, don't sometimes you kind of wish they'd play more covers? And I was like, oh, you mean good songs? Yeah, I do. Or at least songs that are different? I don't think he caught it, but I was like, yeah, this, uh, yeah, I'm not digging this. Like, I'd rather listen to Turnstill again. The concert was fine, but like, I preferred his opener. I like Charles Wesley Godwin. I thought his set was better. Yeah. The only thing Zach Bryant did that was good was the fucking encore. Yeah. What? With like a bunch of tempo changes and solos. What song was it? Um, I have no idea. It's like his, oh, I, I think actually I might have found a good Zach. That's the only song I think of his that I like. That was a Zach Bryan song? Yeah. I'm pre- oh, yeah. yeah. I can't remember what it was, but because I, I don't know the names of them because they all to me sound the same. But that live, that uh, the live encore was sick. He killed it. It was good. And they like, finally rocked out a little bit. Yeah. They let like their hair down. Album, his new album, I think, has more songs on it that are pretty good. Um, and, like, everybody's latching onto this I Remember Everything song with Casey Musgraves. And I'll admit, it's actually a pretty good song. The, what, the only thing that diminishes it is the fact that there's a bunch of other songs that sound pretty similar. But objectively, that's a pretty good song. Like, that's a good song, that whole pullover driver, whatever. Hey, driver, pull over, I'm fighting with God or whatever. It's like, I know that he uses those lyrics in different facets in every song. But, like, that one's sort of interesting. And it's the, what you just, dude. what what were the lyrics, dude? What were the lyrics that you just said? I pull it's over. Like, hey, 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 driver, pull off here or something. I'm fighting with God. That's, when I heard that lyric, that was when I realized, I was like, oh, this is what every song is. That every song is about a girl. He's struggling with his relationship with God, and he's sad. And then I listen. Harrison, for whatever reason, thinks that the next time he plays me a Zach Bryan song, it's gonna change my mind. And so he plays them all the time. And I'm like, no, dude, I don't care. It's just like, are you telling me, on your average day, you'd rather listen to that than Josh Thompson? Cadillac. Cadillac 3, Eric yeah. Church, John Party. Yeah, like if Cadillac Josh 3 Thompson. blew up, if Cadillac 3 blew up. They need to. Their lyrics, their lyrics are also about a lot of the same things, but like their songs are diverse. Yeah. And like if they were to all of a sudden blow up and play in stadiums like that, I would be so stoked. Me it's too. like these guys, I am jealous of their talent a lot of the time because they, they know how to craft it. Every song is different. Even if it may be about, about kind of the same subject matter, the melodies, the vibes, the whole thing is very different. They slow it up. They like they slow it down. They speed it up. Like they do temp. Like they just do unique things. They do killer ballads. And like, like White Lightning, Take Me to the Bottom, like killer ballads. Red Red Lights, Love Me Like yeah. Liquor. They make and then they got fucking the Tabasco and Sweet Tea album, which is all just like yeah. funk rock, alcoholic party oh. tunes. Yeah. Like, they, they're they so good. And so, like, I don't, like, in general, have a problem with Zach Bryan. I just, I don't get what it is that makes him everybody's, like, 
again, the male Taylor Swift, like why? Cause like you hear about all these stories about Taylor Swift and all of her concerts where all the girls are going, they sing along with every line. Uh, it's a transcendent experience. Bro, she took and over go, football. What, what? I mean, and maybe it's us. I don't think it is, but like, what are we missing that everybody else is really latching onto? I would like to know. I would love to, I would love to listen to Zach Bryan through someone's ears who loves his music so that I could try to understand what they are latching on to. Yeah, and I, again, I'd reiterate that I like his music, but I, I he's just another guy to me. Yeah, and like, like, like Morgan Wallen blew up. I get that. Morgan Wallen has fun songs. There's yeah. nothing fun about Zach. He's not fun. He's somber you know, and sad, and uh, Joe Rogan kind of sounds like an idiot. Well, yeah, here's the thing is like in the, the state of sort of the country where sort of everybody's divided and all that stuff, I get why sort of sad music that sort of forces you to feel something. Most people well, would be popular, but at the same time, it also seems like something that would be super fun and rowdy and like takes you out of the depressing state that everybody sort of feels because of the economy. And all that, you think that like party tunes would be more of the vibe right now? I got, I got two things. One, like I feel like Oliver Anthony, yeah, his song coming out just kind of took a lot of the steam out of the Zach Bryan boat, which I love because yeah. that is a very genuine, very poetic, very American heartfelt song from a yeah. from a genuine person. Smart dude, solid dude, good dude. Solid in his beliefs, solid in his faith, solid in his character, solid in what he's doing and why he's doing it. Yeah. That guy is legit. Two, what you were just talking about, about how it should be fun and we should be... The fucking world needs pop punk now more than ever. More than ever. More than ever. And cheers to Blink-182 for keeping it alive. And coming out with a new album, it, like, yeah. No, I I totally agree with that. And uh, who's Chad like Smith? The, who's Chad Smith, the drummer for? Red Hot Chili Peppers. I saw a video of him today. He was listening to. Uh, he was to, hold on. Yeah. You better tell me where he plays along to. Uh, Thirty. Thirty seconds, seconds to Mars? Mars. Yeah. I sent that video to Tyler last night. Yeah, dude. He just fucking starts rocking out. I was like, God damn. Well, he's like he's like listening to it, and but there's no drums, and he goes, "I think this is a three. and then yeah. he like figures it out. I I watched that video like thirty times last night. Um, I didn't, but you know how I feel about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, though. Yeah, have you? Thank you for bringing that right back to where I was thinking of. Have you seen that reel that's been going around about Californication and like the lyrics when you look at it now? Californication or snow? Californication. I haven't seen snow. There's a snow one where they... Most people hear the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it's just a bunch of gibberish that kind of grooves. And oh, then, oh like yeah, yeah, no, yeah, okay. But it's good. But, that song is actually good, though, because it I does do like sound it. like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I do <laughs> like snow, and it's a deceptively tough guitar riff, but I haven't seen... I haven't seen the Californication one. You should try to find, I don't know how to like search, just maybe Red Hot Chili Peppers on Instagram. I don't really know how that works, but it's weird. 
weirdly right. act, weirdly like pro- prophetic prophet pro- prof- prophets prophetic prophetic yeah that didn't sound yeah. like a word to me but yeah prophetic all right <clears throat> well send it to me on instagram oh yeah okay that'll work um did you hear about god this is also kind of organ centered did you hear about damon lillard today um i he got traded to milwaukee yeah. Milwaukee, the, bu- the bucks the bucks Whoa. oh do we got the bucks the size of buicks i did thick as mosquitoes but dude I did hear that, but I didn't see who the Blazers got in return. He's playing with Giannis, dude. Like, that's going to be dope. That's going to be a scary team. But also, if Damian Lillard's going to get traded, he got traded to probably the easiest team to root for. I agree. I couldn't root for him in Miami. Like, fuck Miami. 100% agree. I love Dame. I love Dame. I will root for him. I'll root for him. He gave... He, he gave, gave us everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Was, he spread his seed throughout the community, if you will. He did everything he could, and the rest of the team just couldn't get it done. And so I can't blame him one bit. I will always love him. Not only and the rest of the team, but the franchise. They never gave him a chance. The franchise, the fans, and Oregon State. Don't forget that. Yeah. But, like, the the, the his best teammate was C.J. McCollum. It's not a great sign. And, like, I think you know how I feel about C.J. McCollum, and I'm probably a little biased from somebody who's not a Portland fan who he didn't disappoint every single day. But you didn't even give him a chance. And he took you all the way to the Western Conference Finals when you had no business being there. Yeah. But, uh, so, like, the fact that he demanded a trade, I wasn't even mad. I was a little bit mad. I was a little bit mad when he came out and said he only wanted to go to Miami and he wouldn't want to play anywhere else. So, like, but the fact that he got traded to Milwaukee and we got back DeAndre Ayton. Which could go one and two. I don't care. We don't have Nurkic. I don't give a fuck, dude. Fair enough. We're young. Ayton's young. We're going to suck anyways. Yeah. We're not paying anybody because all of our players are rookies except for Aiden and um, the guy we got from Detroit. It doesn't really matter. Who do we get to the, to replace Dame? Or do we already have well, a guy? So we, the-, the reason Dame wants out is because we drafted Scoot Henderson, the point guard, who was wearing duck clothes at the Colorado game. Ugh. Yeah, but we picked him number three. And last okay. year, last year we took a shooting guard, Shaden Sharp, number seven. So basically, we had two very tradable assets to go get Dame a partner, yeah. and instead we drafted two young guys that play the same two positions as him. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go on and get the fuck out of here." And so I, I don't blame him at all. Issue? Huh? Is this a Blazers ownership issue? Yeah, Paul Allen died. Five to seven years ago. And then it's that one guy. And his sister owns the team. Oh, sister. And she, obviously not a sports fan. She's actually a sex offender. And she used to sexually assault Navy SEALs. Good for her. Yeah. And she also illegally collects penguin bones. 
Well, I mean, I, far I, be it for me, far be it for me to criticize anybody for wanting to collect penguin bones. Just saying, just saying, if we want equality, she should probably be forced out of the league, a yeah. la Donald Sterling. She doesn't even own the team. She inherited the team, and she keeps saying that like they have to uh, they have to sell the team within a reasonable amount of time but that his estate was so large that it takes a long time to unravel and it's like okay if you're trying to unravel a large estate what would maybe be the first thing you sell uh an nba franchise that's going to get you three billion dollars yeah you start there maybe sell the seahawks because she owns both of them and she hasn't had a press conference she hasn't talked to the media since she got ownership of the team it's Which been was how long ago? Five or set five to seven years ago. Oh, man, let's, I really let's, haven't been paying attention to NBA. Let's call it five. Well, th- this is not even the like. There's no reason to know this other well, than she doesn't do press conferences. She doesn't. She hasn't. They just traded their the the greatest player in franchise history. Yeah. The guy for the last twelve years, Portland, like the only superstar ever to embrace and love Portland. Yeah, just got fed up to the point where he demanded a trade, and they just traded him, and she hasn't said a word in five years. That is a problem. Like what? Phil Knight wants to buy the team. Phil Knight yeah. wants the Blazers, and she has a bone to pick with him because he allegedly released. Yeah, well, he allegedly released a article through the New York Times about all of the shit that she did because he was trying to force some hot water so she would sell a team, I don't know, before he dies. Yeah. And so she's mad at him. She won't sell him the team. She won't sell it to him specifically. That is a that is not you can't have that like what it like exactly. What is ownership is like one of the most Essential things to why the good franchises are good and the ba- bad franchises are bad. Yeah. Like, the, you think the Browns have always been bad because they're in Cleveland? No, it's because their ownership's a mess. Same with the Bengals. Same with the Chargers. Same with the Cardinals. The bad franchises are Same with the Mariners. The bad franchises are bad because their ownership is bad. And the Blazers right now... Our ownership might be the worst in sports because we only have someone. Basically, what people are speculating is that she's holding on to it at least until the NBA expands because that's yeah. coming soon. And in order to get in an expansion team, that owner has to pay all of the owners X amount of money. Mm. So if they get two more teams, she just gets that money. It just goes right to her. Like they pay the owners directly that money. And then she could sell the team or whatever. Or maybe she's just holding on to it because it's the NBA and she's making an insane profit off it every year. But it's like you can't – you're keeping an entire city and a city that only has one team. We only have the Blazers. That that does rally behind their team. Like, say what you want about Portland, but in terms of, like, basketball fans, (laughs) it's a solid fan base. But that's also a problem because they support the team no matter what, so there's no pressure on her to sell. But it's like you have to sell because you're literally robbing all. Well, you just robbed all of us of our best players' prime. For five years, you did nothing because you don't know what you're doing. Well, it's just I don't know. And what sucks? What sucks was Paul Allen was ultra aggressive, and Paul Allen wanted to win a championship. He loved the Seahawks because he loved Seattle. 
But he, winning a championship in Portland would have meant so much more to him because he always loved the NBA. He was aggressive. Yeah. He went out and got Scottie Pippen when we had that team that lost to the Lakers in 2000. He made yeah. aggressive moves for guys with questionable character when we got the Jailblazers. But guess what? We were good. We were good. And then, and then, like, he would fire GMs and coaches after two seasons. If you weren't do- making us better, you were gone. And then Jody and got there. And, exactly what an owner should be. And then Jody got there, and not, she doesn't give a fuck. She couldn't name you five players on the team, I'll bet you right now, off the top of her head. I bet not. I, I bet you're right. <sighs> that, yeah, it's just it's a shame to see that happen to Dame after all he gave to the to Portland. And I to know. I know, and I don't. That's the shitty part is you can't even blame him. You can't blame him one bit. No, and like you see, like Blazers fans like giving him shit. That it's like you guys either either you're bad people or you're not real Blazers. Fans. They're just yeah. They're Duck if fans. Fan, if you're a real Blazers fan, then you're just a bad person. They're not. They're they're Blazer only fans. Yeah. Like they don't care. Like they're like Duck fans. Like, oh, you you entered the transfer portal. You think there's a better team than the Ducks? You must be a fucking idiot. It's like, yeah, yeah. every every team's better than the Ducks. <laughs> but so those people aren't real. But anyone who is a true Blazers fan is like, dude, you can't. You can't even be a, you can't even be a little bit mad, especially since he didn't go to Miami. He went to Milwaukee, and you got a decent haul back. We also got some picks, but I think it's like twenty twenty nine or something. Yeah. Which, when you trade a superstar, is what you want because hopefully, by twenty twenty nine, they're gone. They suck, and then that's a high pick. But yeah. also, will we still even be alive in twenty twenty nine to realize that pick? It is just tough being an Oregon sports fan it is like people don't give it enough credit dude Portland fan like we can sniff some victory once in a while but man when the chips are down we have a tendency to fumble the ball I mean even like if you're a Ducks fan you get to enjoy good wins good seasons Rose Bowl wins but when when it's all there for the taking you just can't. It's like the Niners, dude. I've watched the Niners in two Super Bowls and like four NFC Championship games, and it's just like I know that the Niners are good enough to have beat the Chiefs, but you're yeah. playing against the Chiefs. You lose that game half the time, at least. At least. The Ravens game is more frustrating because we were better than that team, but Kaepernick was our quarterback. Nah, I don't hate Kaepernick the person. I only hate Kaepernick the quarterback. I you. Well documented on this podcast. I don't hate Kaepernick the person. I only hate Kaepernick the quarterback because of the Baltimore Ravens 49er Super Bowl. But and well, and he took Alex Smith's job, and I fucking love Alex Smith. I like Alex Smith. God, he was Kirk Cousins before Kirk Cousins was cool. And cooler than Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins cool. Um. Nope. Wait, hold on. Oh. 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 And like in Oregon, if you're a sports fan in Oregon, not everyone roots for the same football team. Not everyone roots for the same baseball team. Not everyone roots for the same anything, but everyone roots for the Blazers. Roots for the Blazers. Ev- yeah. like, because Blazers and Timbers. Those are the two yeah. teams that everybody roots for. I mean, that's true. Most people don't give a fuck about soccer, but if you do, you root for the Timbers. Oh, but the hipsters drinking an IPA right now. 
with a scarf. Yeah, the guys, the guys that like to wear scarves. I'd also like to point this out on the podcast. I don't know if I pointed this out before, but Timber Joey, why are we calling him Lumberjack? That's all I'm saying. Axe. I just want to tell people that. Axe the Lumberjack Beaver. Like, come on. Or Axe the Lumberjack. Yeah. Here comes the rooster. If you guys want to hear where that context comes from, check out our episode, Axe the Lumberjack Beaver. Yeah. Uh, on all the platforms, except for Spotify. we got to figure out how to get our thing on Spotify. They're shadow banning us because we're getting too popular. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I actually might have a solution to that, so remind me about it when I get home. But, yeah, because... Uh, that's now I remember what I was going to say, which was I was watching the pregame for the Wazoo-Oregon State game, and they were talking about, you know, who needs this win more, which is a stupid question, first of all, because I think I both saw teams this. need it. Huh? I think I saw this. Yeah, both teams need it so desperately. But one of the analysts was like, well, Wazoo needs it for this reason, but – Oregon State needs finally a chance to show people that we are like Here. a legitimate team to be yeah. feared consistently. And I think that was one of the most disappointing things was we <coughs> showed up and absolutely pulled a classic beeves that has disappointed us for years, which is we're in a game that is not necessarily an absolute win because Wazoo's good. We're playing a ball and blah, blah, blah. But we're a but we better team. like a team that doesn't really deserve <coughs> the accolades that they were getting preseason and after the first three games. Like, we just I we showed up and absolutely flat-footed uh, yeah. a game that we should have at least showed up to. And why do why does every other team seem to know when to show up? And the Beavs, granted, well, they'll show up on, on crazy big games. But, like, on a game where it's like it's going to be a good contest, why do we just drop those games? You think that, but last year Washington lost at Arizona State to a backup quarterback. They got they got boat raced. Like college football's weird, especially on, especially on the road. And look, I still think today our roster top to bottom is better than Washington State. I agree. But they just came, they came out and fucking hit us in the mouth, dude. And, and we were so we were playing catch up from the beginning. So do you remember last? Of course you do. But last year, after we lost to USC. And then Utah back to back with horrible interception filled games. Well, you and I were obviously heartbroken, and it's like, well, fuck! Like I thought we had <coughs> looking at something big potentially happening here. Well, we ended up going ten and three, winning a big bowl game, and decisively, and then being able to come into this season ranked. And so this this, this is a little silver lining for us, but like, despite that loss. We had two losses in a row last year that we thought was going to tank the rest of the season. And we came back and just started hitting people in the mouth. Yeah. And so one loss, I think the rest of our games are all super winnable. Washington, I think, will be our other big – if we can get past Utah, I think we're yeah. good until Washington. UCLA Washington, will, will be tough. Weapons figured out. Huh? UCLA will be tough. UCLA will be tough. But It'll I think – yeah. And they were pretty competitive with – with Utah, granted they didn't have Cam Rising, but they were still pretty competitive with Utah in a way that I think that we can do better than that, especially yeah. because Chip Kelly is going to be at home. Fuck UCLA. I think that's Fuck our Utah. next. I think that's our next home game. Okay, so if we can get past Utah, 
And then UCLA will be just sort of an interesting game. I think we'll pull out a W. But, like, if we can get past Utah, I think the rest of those games are all very winnable. Yeah. And then if we can win that Washington State – or if we can win that Washington game, we can go 11-1 and and play in the Pac-12 title game and potentially still make a CFP. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah. So, like, we were, we were just as heartbroken last year. And because it was such terrible back-to-back games. But if we can win against Utah, we're right back in the rhythm. All we got to do is win this next week. We're right back in the mm-hmm. rhythm. And then I think I think that this one loss was a good reminder of the Beavs of, you know, like Jonathan Smith does a great job of keeping their head on their shoulders, playing for the guy next to you, all that shit. But uh, they're human beings. And they're human beings who are 18 to 22. Yeah. Hearing all this hype about the Beavs. And this is the best Beavs team we've seen since the 2000 season. All that shit. They're as susceptible to that as anybody. Especially because there's constantly people telling them how great they are. And you guys are going to you know, do great things. Blah, blah, blah. We sort of needed. It's unfortunate the way it went. But if we're going to lose to anybody, it'd be nice to lose to the one other team that's in the same boat as us. Yeah. So... At an away game, like there is something to that. Yeah. And so, in some ways, maybe it's good to get your dick kicked in the dirt. Well, so you can go, we're not even close to invincible. And I, we refuse to let this happen to us again. And I think Jonathan Smith will put that in their head like, guys, do you want to feel like this again? No, you don't. And we are going to, hey, we're going to treat every single game like it's our Super Bowl. And, because we're not we're not losing again. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. We need to get Brandon Kipper to come in and yeah, make a team Some pre-game speech. Yeah, get a team speech going. Is he in the NFL? No, practice I, squad maybe. Uh maybe. I don't know honestly. I feel like I saw his name associated with somebody, but I don't know. What? The- but either way. That's what we're dealing with. I'm stoked that we're that my schedule is clear and we're just gonna actually on a Friday. We work all day, so we don't like we already don't want to be at work, so we're already watching the clock. So it's no different. But we're gonna get home and we're just we're gonna take a shower, throw in our beaver gear, and be ready for a Friday night game. I think I'm stoked about that. Yeah, it's kickoff at six. Five thirty six, something like I that. I think it's at six. That's gonna be that's gonna be sick. If it's Friday night, it's probably an ESPN game. Kevin, that's a game much like the USC game that I probably won't sit down. No, and they're number ten. I think. I think if we come out and play motivated and play to the best of our abilities, Which I think we will after this last week. And if they don't have Cam Rising, if they have that quarterback that they've been playing, I think we could win pretty convincingly. Like, not like a blowout, but I'm talking like 24 to 7, 24 to 14, 24 to 10. 31 to 21, yeah. 31 to 17. Like, yeah. let's go. No, I totally agree. And, like, they've got a great defense, they obviously. They have a great They're missing defense. a couple crucial guys. They're missing yeah. a couple crucial guys on their defense. But um, I think we have an offense that if we can get clicking, we can really move the ball on them. And I think our defense can definitely outplay their offense. So, um, I would like to see the Beavers remind people 
that wazoo is wazoo playing Pullman's tough but the beavers are here to play and don't write off a season or don't write off the beavers just because we had a weird game in pullman first game of the pac-12 against another team that wants things as badly as we do yeah like and they have a here to absolutely murder everybody else cam ward is fourth place in the heisman voting right now Damn. He's getting some respect. The top four, or four out of the top five. He might be fifth. Back 12, guys. Four out of the top five are Caleb Williams. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Michael Penix. Michael Penix. Michael Penix is actually number one. And Cam mm. Ward. Yeah. And we're going away, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it, uh, my point is, <sighs> I I could not be more stoked about Friday because. I know. Um, and we don't have to wait all day Sunday. We get a fucking if we get that W, dude. That's gonna make Saturday bueno. And then we get to watch. I think I'm kind of busy Saturday, but like we get to watch the other teams play without even having to think about the beefs. Yeah, because we already secured and, the dub. Uh, so ideally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's gonna be a huge game. And like I haven't gotten to sit down and watch. A full Beavers game live since week one. Yeah, it's been it's been a long desert for me, and being able to get back with the Utah game, three games in a row. Oh, I've either had to record it and turn off my phone so I don't get notifications. I've had to watch the game while recording in the studio, or I've had to hardly be able to watch it because I'm at a wedding. And so I'm gonna get home on Friday, throw on my Beaver gear, and I am in front of that TV, stoked as anybody's <laughs> ever been stoked. And I think Friday, Friday the Beavs are coming in hot. Oh, dude, it's Whatever all orange. It. It's all orange, baby. Yeah. Let's go. We're taking we're taking halftime shots. Yeah, we're taking pregame shots. shots yeah. Quarter, I'm down with quarter shots. <laughs> I'm down with touchdown shots, dude. Let's go Dolphins. Let's go Dolphins style. I don't really have I have, a, I have a birthday to go to on Saturday morning, but I don't really have to technically be anywhere where I really got to show up until Saturday night. So, like, if we're a little bit under the weather Saturday morning, did the Beavers win? And is it because of us taking shots? I'm in. Yeah, say la vie. Say la vie. Are you guys coming on uh, Saturday? Where? It's Rock Bar. It's an old town. Remember that place where we went and saw? It was you, me, and Russ. And uh, shout out Russ. It was shout out. It was uh, it's like a benefit concert or something. Shane let me take his spot. Oh, yeah. It was the first time we saw Coop, and we were frustrated him for a minute because he played like a seven-minute song. As also, like, this guy plays the, songs that are really long. That's the first time we met anybody. It is. That's the first time I yeah, met Tall Paul. That's the first really? time. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's at least the first time Russ did. Yeah. I think it wasn't my first time because I think I, t- I was telling Russ, like, nah, you just got to, like, well, but maybe it was. And then I hung out with him more and tried to convince Russ, but, yeah, I don't know. But that was the first time we met Shane, Coop, maybe Tall Paul, Josh Williams. You've never met Shane before that? I don't think so. Well, either way. Wasn't that uh, when we were, like, fucking brand new here? No, well, it was a few months in, but, like, we'd met uh, Josh Williams and Jim Bach. At least I had. I don't know if you had. But, um point is it's a rock bar it's a cool venue 
And the lineup is, I don't know if there's any other openers. I thought there were, but the way that the coal trains are posting about it, it might only be me, but it'll be me. And then Jay Allen and the uncommon good, which is Jay Allen, who's a super fucking solid dude. Plus Brendan McBride, who is my bass player on the new album. And you met him super solid dude. Oh, that dude. And, then, and yeah. And then it's the cold tracks. Nice. It's going to be a dude. It's a, it's going to be all of our favorite people there. I mean, I guarantee unless they have gigs, like all of our favorite people are going to be there. What time so, is that? Um, I think it starts at seven. Unless they have unless they have gigs, half of our favorite people are in the cold trains. They well, will definitely so, like, be I'm, there. I'm almost only thinking about like Josh Williams, Laura Hamlin, Tall Paul, Tall, yeah. probably a couple other people that if I didn't mention yet, I apologize. Still love you, but like, like most of our favorite people will be at this awesome rock concert, and the cold trains have been clicking lately. Like they've they've got a new EP out as of you know a couple months ago but like they're playing hot pat james will be there because he's bass player in the cold trains like that's what i'm saying (laughs) that's what i'm saying aj like it's it's everybody and so i i don't know if you got to pre-order tickets i i don't i don't know what the sellout potential is but like we can obviously probably sneak in either way yeah I'm, i'm with the band i would not to the best of your ability don't miss saturday night because that is going to be a kick-ass what time is that seven i think yeah all right let me check my let me check my schedule but i think i'm free what's that i said let me check my schedule but i think i'm free check it out yeah so that's that's gonna be fun so uh think about that for saturday night and then sunday i've got nothing it's sunday's football day Dude, Sunday football for me. It's going to be my first Sunday getting to just, like, sit down and watch seven hours of uninterrupted football. Dude, Sunday football for me sucks, bro. Well, that's true. My team, I can't win. I can't can't win a game. What's your record? 0-3. You're over? Oh, dude, I'm I'm staring down the barrel of an over season. So... I mean that sucks. What I, well, what what I'm doing what I'm doing is I'm trying to right now just gather enough home run hitters. Yeah. That if they can all put it together a couple weeks at yeah. the same time, maybe take advantage of someone who gets like a 63 or something. Yeah. Like low 60s. You might be able to sneak out a couple W's. Bro, two of I got two of those now. I got rid of Burrow and I acquired Henry. I, we'll see what happens, dude. That's a that was a good move. You sort of snuck Tua from me, but at the same time, I'm not upset about. You that. told me that my brother was shopping Tua to you, so you could have not told me, and I would have never trade. I would have never offered. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> I'm in the league. You can't. Nothing's in confidence. You're right. They all fair and love Ward fucking fantasy football. Yeah. But, um, but you think Kevin time, would have told think, his wife that somebody was shopping to us? No. He keeps no. that to himself. I, uh, I think I, so I'm one and two. However, once I get Saquon back, I think I have a sneaky good team. I think everybody's got weirdly good and bad teams. Hey. And so Harrison and I Dan. I don't see a single team that anybody's got that looks like it's a championship team. I think this year... Harrison and Dan? Up for grabs. What about them? They're dominating. Harrison's 3-0. Oh. 
Uh, I think Harrison played Dan last week, but I'm not positive. I think Harris is at least two and one. But dude, his even his bench is producing. My team, I'm gonna win the championship. I'm <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, I'm open. Well, I'm open for not Sacco, which is still a goal at this Goals point. Which Goals is which is fun in week four to start shooting for that bar. My point is. Sunday, I'm gonna be ready for seven hours of uninterrupted football. So I need to change my team name. You can't be ET and ass when you're bad. That's not good. It's the same thing. It's the same problem you have with the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, but that's my kicker. I'm thinking about bringing it back, dude. Although the other day I texted it in the group chat as soon as he made a kick, he missed his next kick. Dude, <laughs> that name is a curse, dude. You can't use that name. I'm sticking with wasting away in Amari Garitaville. Dude, it's frustrates me every time I read it. Um, yeah, as it should. <laughs> and that's part of the fun. But it's a, it's a living tribute to Jimmy Buffett for the whole season, and I think that's another reason, another reason why I'm going to come out on top. <coughs> okay. I don't even so, think Jimmy Buffett believed in football. And we'll see what happens. But uh, i got to get myself some dinner. It's 7.15 where I am. Yeah. So, uh... Let's uh, we'll we'll call on this one. But ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, we are back for the second week. So uh, next week we can still release it on Wednesday, but maybe we can do it before you go to comedy if you're going to comedy on Tuesday. But I'm in the studio on Wednesday, so we may have to do a do a Tuesday and then release it on Wednesday. Okay. If you got time. Worst case scenario, we do it on Thursday. But uh, we're. Ladies and gentlemen, we're making this happen. We're back. Week in, week out. We are back. We are when we back. put up that reboot, we were not kidding. This time we actually mean it. We put we're back. We put we're back question mark. We put we're back triple exclamation point. We are back for real. We are Texas football, and we are back. We are putting out content every week. And uh, so. Tell your friends. We're, we're making it happen. Uh, all right. Uh, you want a song? Let's see. Um, now just hit me with what you can do. Yeah, put on a Josh Thompson song. Put on a little, uh, uh beer on the table. Dude, that's what I was on. typing in right now. Nice. There we go. Yeah, this song just makes you want to drink, really. This is, if you actually, like, and I know you have, because you've listened to this song a thousand times, but if you listen to this song... It's a perfectly written song. It's like for what for what the vibe is supposed to be. Poetic. This song absolutely nails it. Poetic. Folgers Coffee Buzz. Folgers Coffee <laughs> Buzz. Good old radar, radar detector protection Dude, from the Austin, More than anything, I want to just do a YouTube channel where I just listen to music like this and explain what makes bad country good and good country bad. It's funny that you say that because I've also wanted to like just do a separate podcast where I just go down my favorite albums and I tell you exactly why they're good or why anybody who says otherwise is wrong. Yes. Like, Folgers Coffee Buzz makes the... Freezer Full of Good Aim immediately makes that a good song. A Freezer Full of Good Aim Be- is an excellent line. Because that's... that's, that's a, you don't make up that line. You make up a giant, she's got her jeans painted on. 
You make up that line. Yeah. You don't make yeah. up, I got a freezer full of good aim, dude. That's baller. Dude, when he came up with that line, I can't imagine how much he got high-fired as a WD-40 and a 4WD? 4WD. Poetic. Exactly. absolutely knows his lane and does it better than anybody. And much like Cadillac 3, a lot of his songs are about the same stuff. But nobody does it better. He dominates it. I, I swear. That's the thing. It's like, I will hate on a lot of different kinds of music, whether it's Zach Bryan or Bill uh, Gozlan or whoever. But if there's somebody who's Dan and Shay. Music, yeah. <laughs> if there's somebody who's doing that kind of music, but doing it the way it's supposed to be done, I've been all the praise in the world. I was showing around with everybody. Agreed. I'm not a hater. I'm just a discerning person. Yeah. Everybody should. If you consider yourself a real music fan, you should be as discerning as possible. That's what makes music better. By being discerning and going, this guy is not worth what you're giving him, and this guy who's not giving anything to is worth your your time and attention and money. There's got to be a little bit of soul in the music, and it's very easy to hear when someone is singing. Genuinely, and when they're just singing lyrics on a page, like, yeah, you can just tell. Carrie Underwood has a great voice, but she yeah. sings written by other people, and it lacks the soul that is infused in artists that are good, like kind of like the beer, whatever. Like the Chris Stapleton Monday Night Football song. Holy shit! Exactly. Let's go. All right. Well, let's go, Beebs. Let's go, Beebs. We'll see you people next week. All right.